Hello and welcome to the The Sam D Podcast. I am your host, Sam Dutenberry Jr. Follow me on social media at The Sam D. That's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. The podcast is also up on social media at The Sam D Podcast. Subscribe and rate to the podcast, five stars, nothing less, tell a friend. Available at Apple, Spotify, Google, and all major podcasts and platforms. TheSamD.com is the hub, the home for everything TheSamD. For all content, audio and visual, hit up TheSamD.com. Musical production done by May First Music. Support him at SoundCloud.com slash May First Music. Oh, y'all done messed up. Y'all done really messed up. Y'all done let me mess around and get some equipment. Y'all really think... I'm not going to be out here using this. Y'all don't think I'm going to go ham with this type of equipment? Oh, it's it's about to be on. Just understand, it's different now. It's different now. I feel like back in the days when I was in the studio, early days of radio, early days of podcasting, when I had a whole mixing board to work with and sound drops and all that type of stuff. So be clear, things have changed. So the pod, the production value, all of that will be going up. So be ready. Anywho, what the hell y'all want to talk about? It's a holiday three-day weekend. We're on the cusp of NFL week one. NBA training camps are slowly starting to build. Rosses are still being filled out. The Nets are still signing people. The U.S. Open is in full swing and full flux. Shout out to the homie Radio Agaz. Agazi George is holding Sir podcast. He's going to have some content coming real soon because the U.S. Open's been crazy. There's a lot to talk about. But we must talk about how we have finally found out why Danny Ainge left the Celtics. Danny Ainge left the Celtics in a very abrupt fashion. The boy genius got kicked upstairs and we really didn't have a real rationale or common notion as to why the Schemadum Dea bounced on the Celtics. But now we know it is abundantly clear why the GM or excuse me, the former GM VP of basketball operation, whatever trumped up title you want to give him. It's very clear and appropriate why he stepped down. Now, he has said some things towards the back half of the season that were questionable, that were maybe not socially or racially sensitive in these times, but it wasn't that. Because, I mean, it's still Boston. He's good money. So why did the Scamadum Dea actually leave the Celtics? And I think after this past week, it has become abundantly clear why. Because he's running Bishop Sycamore. (laughs) We found him. He's there. Bishop Sycamore, they're out here scamming. They're out here running game. They're out here conjuring up delusions of grandeur. 
to not only JUCO transfers, but grown-ass men. That they could be a next IMG. And they're out here getting blown out on the worldwide leader, the four-letter network. And the two announcers finally had to say, yo, something ain't right. Something's a little funny, little funny money about this school. And come to find out, the whole goddamn thing is a facade. How else can you explain how Bishop Sycamore was able to pull this off? They had a nose tackle playing quarterback. Let me say that to you again in the audience. They had a nose tackle playing quarterback. QB, a nose tackle playing QB. And Lois of Keys, he was kind of nice. <laughs> the couple clips I saw, he was cutting people up and trucking dudes. I'm like, yo, I mean, if you're going to run out here with a bunch of former JUCOs or dudes that were even lying about their JUCO status and NCAA eligibility and grown-ass men, if you're going to take it that far, then you might as well just have an unorthodox lineup. Don't try to actually run a spread out here. Don't actually try to run a motion up-tempo or pro-style office. If you're going to be a facade, go all the way with it. If you're going to scam, if you're going to be that, if you're going to be a scam them there, go all the way with it. All the way with it. Don't play no games. Have a nose tackle at QB. I mean, they had two-way players. They had damn near three-way players. This was an abomination, but yes, there was a nose tackle at quarterback. That was the first thing that stood out to me that was kind of crazy. Also, if you pay close attention, because I know you probably heard a lot of people already talk about this. The timelines have been crazy. The memes have been flying. I want to go a little bit deeper. Pause. It's one thing to have jerseys that look like they came straight from dicks. It's another thing where the face guard doesn't even match. So they had these stock uniforms that look like they came from dicks or if you're an East Coast cap models. But when it comes right down to it, the helmets didn't even match. Forget the fact that they were sharing helmets. That, that's one problematic feature, right? Especially in these COVID times. The other thing is the helmets didn't even match. The QB's face guard was red. They got black helmets, right? They all got the stock generic black helmets, right? But then it's the face guard. The QB's face guard was red. The running back, the skill positions, they had white. And the linemen's had the funeral face mask, the all black on black. They can't even match up the same face mask. The face guards weren't matching. What other telltale signs did you see that they were a scam? I actually watched a couple of their highlights. Well, if you want to call it that. Their game recaps on YouTube. They had a dude playing in a hoodie. No, not like, oh, those fancy, skinny, dry fit hoodies. No, Mans was actually playing in a hoodie. 100% cotton. Cut the sleeves off. Like, this ain't James Jones in the NFL back in the day who tried to be trendy with wearing a hoodie under his jersey, but it was like one of them dry fit Johns. No, Mans had a champion-style hoodie underneath his jersey. 
he was playing safety in a hoodie. Come on, them there. I've never seen so many linemen play without gloves. It's the little things like that. Like, that's a sign. You watch the O-line and the D-line. Fingers get mangled, mauled. It gets stuck in the helmet guards, stuck in the pads. And these linemen routinely on both sides of the rock had no gloves. You out here with no gloves playing linemen? They had a lineman that wore number 33. 30 fucking three. Thress, thress. A lineman was wearing 33. And yet nobody knew. Most people did not know. Allegedly, there were rumblings in that, in that stratosphere that the squad was funny money. The school was funny money. But to the masses, to IMG, to the production company, to the full letter network, it was all Gucci. Sacrificial lambs out here for IMG, 59-0, 58-0, or whatever score it was. No matter. We cashing these checks. We cash now on these high schoolers. So as much as we want to talk about the NIL and what that's doing for college kids and the fact that they can now make some money off their likeness, off their name and likeness. Keyword there is some. And the keyword is it's sponsorships. It's still the school still ain't paying them, as I've talked about here on this pod. Now it's trickling down to now we can make money off of high school kids. When does the junior high school Bishop Sycamore pop up? Who's running that? Because you know it's already bubbling. It's already bubbling. If they could get this off at a high level, an alleged high level preparatory school, then you know they could pull this off in high school and lower. You know they can. It'll be easier. The Four Letter Network has said little to nothing about their role in this. They're too busy trying to keep up with all the demands of the overworked and underpaid, now hiding behind the paywall and now assembling his own big three, Fraud A. Smith. They're too busy trying to appease him and try to squeeze every penny out of him that they let this fraudulent program on their airwaves. And now they're pushing it off on the third party production company who came to them with the package of games in the first place. Money will make people do a lot of things. I'm here to laugh, though. We know about the coach with the arrest. The He has a warrant out for his arrest. The school went 0-6 last year. They scored 42 points all of last year. So, again, what more signs do you need? Is it the lineman wearing 33 with no gloves? Is it the mixed match face guards between the skill position players, the quarterback and the lineman? Is it the fact that there was a nose tackle playing QB? Or is it that the entire, quote, school scored 42 points all last year and gave up 227? Yes, if you're old head, 227. They up out here on that Marla Gibbs, Regina King, Jack A. They out here on that type of time. They're giving up 227. And only scoring 42, and they went 0-6. So look at all the signs that people had to ignore 
Look at all the signs that had to be bypassed that this squad was fraudulent. A nose tackle at QB. Players playing three ways, not just two ways. An offense that can't even have matching face guards. Skill position players, quarterback, offensive linemen, all wearing different color face guards. Do we want to talk about the Madden playbook? Do we even want to go there? I mean, I think most of us would do that. That's why I don't really find too much craziness. I mean, it's good for the joke effect, but I'm not getting too crazy on that fact. Because I think all of us at one point in time have tried to pull some Madden plays out and run them on the block. But you have linemen wearing the number 33. You have safeties wearing hoodies underneath their jerseys. They had a fake website that didn't show any information and all the deep dives were done by the two commentators for the four letter network to actually unearth this scam. They've been running this scam for years and it took two commentators who actually did their job and did the research to finally call it out and say, yo, this school is funny money. I feel for the safety of whoever these guys are that are on this field. We can't research anything. There's fake recruiting information. There's fake bios. There's people hiding, changing names. This is stuff that happens on travel teams, AAU. This is high-level college preparatory programs onto the four-letter network. And they got it off. Because nobody cares. Because the checks have been cashed. The content is being on the air. The four-letter four network has got all these channels. All these streaming services, they got to show something. So this third party company, Paragon Sports, comes to them and says, yo, look, we have a deal with IMG and some of these other high level high school slash college preparatory programs like this alleged Bishop Sycamore. And we can package the games. We do all the work. We just need you to distribute it. These schools want high profile visibility. You have all the high level visibility. You have the power to put this on any type of network and it's going to go. So we'll mediate the deal. We'll do all the grunt work. You don't have to send your trucks out there, your staff out there, your people out there. We'll do the work. And the four other network said, all right, how much? Paragon gave him a number. Four other network was with it. And next thing you know, they wiped their hands of it. He said, okay, well, now we got content for those days, which is all this is about. It's the chase to fill content. All these streaming platforms, all these different channels, you have to have something on the air. It ain't like back in the days where you put the bars and tones up and the TV would tell you good night and you would just be staring at a bar tone, staring and listening to a bar tone. Those days are over. 24-7, something's got to be on the air. And that's how you have this Bishop Sycamore Come on, them out here on the four letter network. I mean, the level of audacity, the four letter network couldn't verify who any of the players were. Any, not just one, not just two, a couple of dudes might slip through the cracks or might be fugazi with the info. No, no, no. They couldn't verify any of Bishop Sycamore's players. And most of the players were Juco dropouts. 
19 and over. Juco. Dropout. Dog. You know how desperate you got to be to be a Juco dropout and still put it all on the line against some high schoolers that are like four and five star recruits? I'm going to risk it all. I'm going to be mellow in the club off that sour staring at Riri by some four and five blue chippers. By Nick Saban's recruiting class, I'm going to have them knock me around for a few hours. You got to be shitting me, bro. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. It really couldn't be me. And I have to check on this, but they still got games on their schedule. They're supposed to play on the 10th. They got a game in a few days. They got a game this, this what, this Friday? They got a game this Friday. <laughs> now, I mean, if they got dudes willing to go out there and play, like, does, does this work in the reverse? Like, obviously, this is a scandal. Everyone is trying to get, distance themselves away from this scandal. But here's the thing. <laughs> what if there's a bunch of dudes who realize, oh, shit, I got one more chance. I got one last chance. I could go up here for Bishop Sycamore and get one last run at it to get looked at by a D1 program. Maybe get a scholarship, maybe even get drafted. This might be my one. Are, are there lines around the block for a chance to get down with Bishop Sycamore? I mean, they obviously need, they need bodies now, right? Come on, them there. They need bodies now. Would you be willing to suit off a of Bishop Sycamore? Wouldn't be me out there. But there's some people that are still desperate for that dream. That still feel like they're a coulda, shoulda, woulda. If you're a coulda, shoulda, woulda. Politics, coach ain't want to play me. Mess my knee up. Never was the same or it took me a year or two to recover. If you're one of those cats, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Coach was tripping on that politics. Or I had a bum knee. I mean, Bishop Sycamore's out here. Bishop Sycamore is out here. Grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. Imagine going to the gig. Like, I've worked with cats who played semi-pro ball, right? Like, semi-pro football. I worked with cats like that back in the day. It was different, right? But they let you know it's semi-pro. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, keep me active. Keeps, keeps, keeps me playing the game that I love. Yada, yada, yada. This ain't that. Like, this ain't, this is grown-ass men getting destroyed by youngins on purpose, by design. Like, nah, nah, man, nah, nah, can't be me, man. Like I said about the website, they had no website. It went to an empty WordPress page. It was not an actual school. They had no educational system set up, no home stadium. And this all comes out of Texas. Are you shocked? I'm not. If you know how they give it up. High level, high school slash college preparatory programs. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, the whole coach has an active warrant thing kind of came and went because all the other stories started coming out. Like you would have thought that would have been like the biggest story or the biggest like part of the T of this whole story and no no to me looking at their games i'm like yo dog they got the nose tackle playing qb they got linemen that that are wearing running back numbers their helmets don't even match 
They got somebody in a hoodie running around at safety. Those are the things that said, oh, this school was a straight up out the gate. If you would have just gave me those four things. Yo, dog, this squad's real nice. They got a nose tackle that plays QB. Huh? Yeah, and, and one of their best linemen, he wears number 33. What? And I mean, they got this thing where, like, you know, they share helmets and, you know, like the helmets don't really match. Like the face guards don't really match. What? Oh, and by the way, they got like a fake Ed Reed or dude who thinks he's Ed Reed in the backfield and he's out here. He rocks it. He does it in hoodies, my G. He's ball hawking in a hoodie. What? Come on, them there. You saw what happened with your man's Belichick? You see, he got caught out there lying. He got caught out there lying. Well, I mean, he's been lying over the years, but he's getting specifically, he got specifically caught lying in regards to this Rona. And Manns went out there, and because he's been getting roasted, and he's been getting pressed about why the Patriots released Cam Newton, and on the last episode, I talked about it like, Cam keeps playing games, these type of things could happen to him. And less than a week later, Cam Newton was released. Like within days of me releasing that pod, Cam Newton is up out the paint. So, Bill Belichick has been pressed about the reasons behind the sudden release of Cam Newton. Now, we all know what it really is. We know it's because he's not vaxxed. And yes, you can give me the, the, the shell talk of Mac Jones might just be better or might be the better option right now. Cam's on the downside. You can give me all the football reasons of why you think Bill Belichick did this. But you have to backtrack and realize all they went through last year waiting around for Cam. And the fact that they had to go to Stidham for a long stretch of time because Cam caught the Rona. And was out the mix. And even when he came back, he didn't look nothing like the dude that was actually low-key killing it early in the season with the Pats. He got released because he's not vaxxed. The fact that you can actually lose games, you have to forfeit because of the fact that you have too many unvaccinated players. That's going to be a deciding factor in your 53-man roster. So here lies Cam Newton, who is unvaxxed doesn't want to get vaxxed, doesn't seem to be even after being released, he doesn't seem to be changing his tune, still on that type of time where he doesn't feel comfortable being vaxxed. And now they're pressing Bill Belichick to get him to basically admit, yo dogs, we know why you released him. You released him because he's not vaxxed. And Belichick has been pulling every stat and data metric out of his ass to try to cover the real reason why he released Cam Newton. So we jumped out the window and made this claim that said, if you check the data of NFL players that have been catching COVID, by and large, it's been the vaccinated players who have been catching the Rona. So him being unvaxxed couldn't have had anything to do with it because if you look at the numbers of who's actually catching COVID, it's vaccinated players, not even unvaxxed players. Who are catching it. He got that off. And then the NFL. One of their medical reps came out. And was basically like. 
Nah, bruh. That's just an outright lie. The holy grail that is the Patriot way, the holy grail that is Bill Belichick, who's deservedly going to be in the Hall of Fame for all of his accomplishments, he got aired out by the league. He got aired out by the league. The league had to come out and say, that's not true. Yes, there have been players who have been vaccinated who have caught COVID. That is true. That individual isolated part is true. However, by and large, it's actually the other way where the overwhelming majority majority of players who have caught COVID during this training camp into preseason have been unvaxxed players. And by a wide margin. Why Bill Belichick running around here lying, bro? Why is he lying? Why can't he just say, yo, we don't want an unvaxxed dude at QB as our QB1? And Cam at QB2 doesn't really bring too much to the table right now, so we're just going to cut our losses. Why can't he just say that? Is honesty really that bad in sports? That you can't admit what the truth really is? They tried to roast Brian Flores down in Miami. They wanted him to admit that the Dolphins are trying to, or were trying to get Deshaun Watson. They wanted him to admit it. He's not the GM. It's not the same scenario of like Belichick, who's like the de facto GM, albeit they actually do have a GM. It's really just Belichick. Flores, it ain't that in Miami. He has an actual GM that has actual authority and autonomy on the roster. They tried to press Brian Flores into admitting that the Dolphins were indeed trying to find a way to see what's up with Deshaun Watson behind the scenes. And he wouldn't do it. He gave it that Patriot talk. He tap danced and bojangled all over them questions. He wasn't having it. Here's the thing. If Brian Flores says, yo, we like Tua. But God damn it, if Deshaun Watson becomes available and somehow behind the scenes we get information that he might low-key skate or he might only miss a year and then he'll be good after that, no jail time, it would be stupid of us not to at least investigate what it would take if we want to get into that mix. Is that such a horrible statement? Now, you could give me the things that Deshaun has, you know, allegedly despicably gotten himself into as reasons why Brian Flores should not even give any sort of positive light or reinforcing light to that player. That's fine. But if we're all about saying business is business, personal is personal, this is a business maneuver. No matter who goes out and decides to go get Deshaun Watson, if that ever actually happens, it would be for a business move. It would never be for a personal move. No one ever signs somebody because of their personality. I mean, you saw what Urban Meyer tried to do with Tebow, and you saw how that backfired. You sign a player for what he can do, he or her can do on the field. Whoever trades for Deshaun Watson is not trading for him because of the whole Dabo Swinney quote of he's going to be the Michael Jordan of football. You're signing him because he's a top five, if not higher, quarterback. But he's got this cloud of shit around him now. A cloud of allegations and charges and lawsuits. So everyone's kind of on their tippy toes. They're walking on eggshells when it comes to them. But what would have been so bad if Brian Flores would have actually said, you know what? 
we're doing our due diligence as an organization. If that type of player becomes available and he wants out and he actually likes what we are building here, would it or would it not be stupid to at least not investigate through back channels or what have you what it would take to get something like that done? If I was still a fan and I was a fan of Miami, I would have respected that answer rather than the media trying to press him into forcing him into admit something that he know publicly and probably from a PR standpoint, he can't say he can't admit. As much as we're excited for this beginning of this new season, like COVID hasn't gone anywhere. It's still here. You saw what happened with the Titans. The Titans had an outbreak. Titans had a virus outbreak. The Rona ran through their building. Tannehill, who's vaxxed, had to go get tested twice and get two negative uh, tests after testing positive. So he's back in the mix. But that was that's what we're talking about. Because he's vaccinated, it was a quicker turnaround for him to return back to action and not lose his starting gig. And the Titans not to have to go to a backup QB in week one because of COVID. This is what they're trying to avoid by just asking dudes to go get vaxxed. This is what Cam Newton is refusing to do. And to keep up with the Titans, they have a lineman, Kendall Lamb, who was in Cleveland last year for the craziness that happened with that squad. They had a lot of dudes opting out. Miles Garrett caught the run, and I've talked about ad nauseum on here of how he talked about how it affected him and had him really messed up. And when he returned from COVID, he felt he never felt 100%. This is Kendall Lamb the other day after um, after practice talking about Corona and all the effects that it has had specifically on him, but also just the team in general. I have an underlying health issue. I have asthma. So last year when I was in Cleveland, you know, the high opt out and everything. I mean, it was a big thing. It was a big decision for me. Um, of course, and, you know, going about it in the right protocols, the right direction. Like, I'm not going to say this. Yes, I'm a professional athlete. Yes, I should be in great shape. But my underlying health issue was something was to happen and attack my lungs. You can snap and I could be out of here. So it's something that I don't play about. Um, I, I really don't. You know, it's nice to talk to you all from this far. But if, if we were inside, my mask is on. The contact tracer is always on. So it's like not to say I get weary about it. But like I said, thinking selfishly, I'm asthma. So it's like I want to try to live 70, 80, 90, 100 years old. I don't want to knock out at 29. You know, I don't have family. I don't have kids yet. That's something I want to do. So it's very near and dear to me. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the, the protocols and stuff they do here, they're on it. They're on the top notch. And, and I truly appreciate that because for someone who has asthma, I mean, it gives me, it lets me sleep better at night knowing that we're adhering to it. It makes him sleep better at night. Man's has a pre-existing condition. He has asthma. And he's willing to go get vaxxed and take every precaution to protect himself with the forfeiting of games if you don't have enough bodies on your roster it kind of called into question the whole notion of well the NFL is playing on the whole thing of you know team over everything I don't want to hurt my team so I'm going to go get vaxxed and it hasn't worked players some certain players some players just don't care but that part right there that Kendall Lamb is talking about. I sleep better at night. I have a pre-existing condition. I'm 29 years old. I don't have a wife or a family or kids. And I want those one day. I want to live to 70, 80, 90, 100 years old. All those things 
should be the reasons why you would want to go get vaxxed. Should be. You want to die off this Rona? You ain't exempt. You want to die off this Rona. You really want to be taken out of here. Off the Rona? Scary hours, man. It's scary hours. And that was before that, that whole thing he just did. That was before this latest outbreak. So imagine him. He's got asthma. He's taking every precaution himself to make sure he's good. And then an outbreak happens, including his starting quarterback. Can you imagine how paranoid he was? Imagine you're, you're vaccinated. You've been tested negative. You have a pre-existing condition. You were on a Cleveland team last year where you saw the effects firsthand of what it could do to physically gifted people like yourself. And you get the word, yo, dog, there's an outbreak in the locker room. You're 29 years old. No family, no kids. You want to live to 70 to 100. And because the cats you play with are tricking it off here by not wanting to get this vax, I might die. I have asthma. I legitimately can die from this shit. But because y'all want to run around and act like outside is back open, I have to die? Scary hours, man. I Look, I'm, I'm happy football is back. It is a diversion. It is part of my gig. So, you know, we I'm going to do what I got to do. But there's a certain part of this where if you haven't realized what's been going on by now, if you haven't realized the ass backwardness that's been happening. I just don't know what more to tell you. I really can't. I don't know what more I can tell you in regards to this, because I mean, how do you explain this? How do you explain to Kendall Lamb's family? He catches COVID passes away at 29 years old because he has a pre-existing condition, which is very common thread Throughout the pandemic. How do you explain to his family? Well, he did everything he could. But since he was surrounded by a bunch of idiots who are unvaxxed. He's no longer with you. You have to go now plan a funeral. Because these dudes want to act like outside is back open. And everything is a hoax. The fuck, man. We'll bounce around a bit here for the second half of the pod. Um, Ben Simmons. There's a whole bunch of stuff floating around the Sixers. Everyone claims they have the T. I'm not going to sit here and claim I know everything that's going on in Philly. I hear certain things. I get text certain things. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm like locked in. All I'm going to say is this. If you don't want Ben Simmons there, then just get him out of there. And I know you want to have the narrative of you want to get fair value. There's no fair value because his value has diminished. And it's not because his skill set has eroded. It is just his weakness has been exposed on the highest level. 
So that narrative will carry and bring his reputation down. So you're not going to get fair value for his talent. You're not. It's not going to be a one for one. It's not going to be an elite for an elite. It's not going to happen. So since that's not going to happen, Daryl Morey, figure it out. The man says he doesn't want to be there. Rich Paul is also saying he doesn't want to be there and doesn't want any of his other clients there. So it's a whole anti-Philly thing, allegedly, between Clutch and the team. Clutch and Maury. And we know where that really stems from, if you want to do a deeper, darker link. That goes back to what Maury said about China. Maury went out there, talked about China, and LeBron and them had to eat that. LeBron, the beard, they had to go eat that while Maury was chilling here. Man's on his phone tweeting away. And it's not like what he tweeted was wrong. It was just at the wrong time. You don't tweet against the Chinese government when the league that pays your check has a deal with the Chinese government to have basketball games there. That's probably the wrong time to get your opinions out there. So he did that and then he disappeared from Twitter and Braun and them had to eat that overseas in front, of, in front of the Chinese media. And I'm assuming the government. That's a thing that happened. So you know how Braun feels about some Daryl Morey. So if there's ever a time to ride on Daryl Morey, Clutch is still his agency. Shadow, owner, shadow, whatever. That's still him. Clutches Braun as strong and as, as vigilant as Rich Paul has worked to make himself a voice, an isolated voice and an isolated face and name of Clutch. We know who it is behind the, behind the shadows. Adele be damned. We know who it is. So when does Daryl Morey actually realize I'm not going to get fair value for this commodity? Then what? If you remember, also came on here after Philly got eliminated and said he doesn't think Ben's going anywhere. And the closer we get to October, which then turns into November and then the beginning of the season, that's looking more and more right. If you're going to be stubborn, if you're going to be down more and be stubborn and you don't want to flip him for a buddy healed package with Sacramento. I understand that's not, it's not one for one. You would never do Ben Simmons for Buddy Heald. But if you throw in a bag leave, you throw in some ancillary pieces, the Kings are not giving up Halliburton or De'Aaron Fox, which they shouldn't. That, that's their backcourt of the future. Now you throw Ben in there. Now the Kings, I mean, they're not a championship contender, but they're definitely in the playoffs. And then if you can get Buddy Heald, and a Bagley, I mean, you're getting two guys for one. Maybe you could get a third player in there. You get some other picks, some pick swaps. You could do all of that, protected, unprotected. You, that's his job to figure that part out. But the bottom line is you're not going to get straight up true value for Ben Simmons. It's not happening. So at what point do you let it go? What you think, you can hold on to him? And then at the trade deadline, all of a sudden, 
his value is going to be so skyrocketed back to normal that now you could go do a one for one. Go flip him for what, Dame? You think at some point at the trade deadline in February, Ben's going to be so, so good to get his reputation back up to snuff that you could go to Portland and say, we'll give you Ben for Dame straight up. You came to us with CJ for Ben, but because he's had this amazing first half, now we can scratch that and say, hey, what about Dame for Ben? That's the type of time y'all think is that that's what y'all think is going to happen. No. Like get over it. It's rap. He's been this way ever. Look, I, I'm not going to get into a rant about Ben. I've done that. It's in the archives. You can go check it. It's not Ben. It's you. That's the title of the pod. Matter of fact, I'll link it in the podcast description if you want to check that out. But this is who he is. He's tricked it off. Y'all have tricked it off. The front office has tricked it off. You're not getting fair value. Look at what the Pelicans got in return for Anthony Davis. Especially if you look at that roster now. All that's left is Young Reaper and Zion. How many of you would do that trade right now? You give me Anthony Davis, I'll give you Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Would anyone make that trade? That's what it is. When they want out, when the value has seemingly diminished or the reputation has diminished or your leverage has diminished, that's what it is. You want to take it back a few more years? The mellow trade? To the Knicks, a Mozgov and a Gallinari, a Wilson Chandler for the now 10th leading score in NBA history. And there's Nick fans that still die on that hill that that was a bad trade. Y'all gave up a Mozgov, a Gallinari, and Wilson Chandler. For the 10th leading scorer in NBA history. And while we're here on Melo. And those who know, know I love, I love Melo. I'm chief Nick hater number one. But there's a couple of Knicks that I hold in exempt from that status. And one is Melo. Another is Starberry. And another is Patrick Ewan. Melo told a lie on all the smoke. I'll get right to it. Melo told a lie on all the smoke. Melo told all the smoke that he never wanted to leave Denver. (sighs) Why? Why do they have to lie? Why do they have to lie? Does anybody in 2021 really... Well, I can't say that because Nick fans still actually do care. Nick fans are still mad at that trade. They're still mad that they had the trade for Melo when he was going to come here in free agency anyway. Um, Melo's saying now that he, he, didn't, he never wanted to leave Denver. That he didn't want out. Come on, man. Like, come on, yo. I, look, I know he's got a book coming out. Um, he's got a podcast series coming out. So Melo's Melo's doing the tour run. He's doing the press run. He's out here. 
But I mean, come on, bruh. And again, going back to what I talked about last week. Captain Jack, Matt Barnes, who think they're top of the top when it comes to former athlete turned journalist or turned commentators, broadcasters, whatever category they want to put themselves in. No one's going to press them on that. No producer's going to get in their ear saying, hey, man, I mean, that's just blasphemy. Maybe you should push back a little bit on Mello. No, no such thing. No such thing. Another athlete control platform that allows other athletes to come in there and spin their narratives, whatever they, they want. And as the public, again, we're told to just this is the exclusive access. This is insider access. You're never going to get you're never going to hear Melo deny that like Melo's going to deny because of course he is. And it's a safe space for him because these are former athletes, too. So they're not going to press him. These are his mans in them. These are dudes that he's, he's hooped with. I, I don't know, man. I, you know I fucks with Melo all day. Stay Melo. Um, but I, I can't do it. When it comes to this and him lying like this, like, come on, dogs. Can't, I, I, I can't get with it. I can't. Last thing I'll discuss here, and this is something real quick. Aggregate Twitter sites bother me greatly. There was a top 10 shooting guard list that floated around the timeline. And, you know, a couple people sent it to me in my DMs like, yo, you got to talk about this on the pod. And I was like, dogs, like, do I really got to? But I mean, if you look at this list, <sighs> top 10 shooting guards. OK, so just just hear me out first. Top 10 shooting guards. Beard. Bradley Beal, D-Book, Spider Mitchell, Zach Levine, SGA, Shea Gilders Alexander, CJ McCollum, Clay Thompson, Karis LeVert, RJ Barrett? I mean, dog, do we really? <laughs> I don't, I'm not really here for ranking my top 10 shooting guards. What I'll tell you is that SGA is not a shooting guard. We'll start there. Um, Cass Levert is a two slash three. I would say he's more of a three. And I mean, RJ Barrett. This, this ain't even being chief Nick hater number one right now. I'm really seriously saying. Nick fans. Put some truth serum in your veins. Y'all really think R.J. Barrett is a top 10 shooting guard in the league? In the league. He played a lot of minutes. He put up a lot of shots. He's top 10 in the league? Like, come on, man. We got to stop this. We got to stop. We got to stop. First, there's a couple of people here that aren't even shooting, that aren't even shooting guards. In my opinion. And then somebody was in the comments. It said D book shouldn't even be on this list. <laughs> and that's why when these, when these aggregate lists come out, that that's what they're trying to get. They're trying to get someone to jump out the window like that. So somebody actually saw that list and put out, put underneath that list. Yeah. I don't even know why D book is on this list. 
He's top five in the world. But he's not a top ten shooting guard. Can't make this shit up. Oh, and before I get out of here for real, for real, I have some sound that I want to play from the uh, the Come on, them Bishop Sycamore, the high school that wasn't a high school, that wasn't a college-level preparatory program. Um, this is sound from their locker room before one of their games. That, that's the only setup I'm going to give you. Yeah, hype in the locker room. Are you kidding me? Mask up. The masks don't even match. The masks don't even match. It's a stick up. I mean, are they telling that to the players or telling that to Paragon Sports and the Full Letter Network? Like, what? What? The hype speech. Come on, man. If you're not ready to kill, you're telling a bunch of grown men who are putting their bodies on the line, who are being led like lambs to the slaughter, going up against high schoolers that next year will be between Dabo and Saban hyping up grown-ass men to be led to the slaughter against that bunch. Kill? It's a stick-up? Put your mask on? Yo, seriously. I, story of the year. I, it, that, that's the story of the year. I defy you to find me a better scandal and this year has been crazy with scandals. Even the last, if you throw in last year too, like quarantine stories and scandals all the way to now, we've had nooses in garages. Like, dog, there's been some crazy scandals. But this fake school, this fake high school slash college preparatory program that didn't exist, I don't know how anything beats that. You know what it is. Appreciate y'all for listening. Let me know how this sounds. I'm trying out some new equipment. Like I said, I got some new equipment working out the kinks with it. It's the first episode with it. I'm telling you, man, it, it feels really good to be able to do like a quasi. It feels more like a live pod, like a live show, more so than a podcast. You can stop, edit, redo stuff, but I'm trying to one take this out the gate. So let me know how it sounds. Let me know if you're feeling it. If you're not feeling it, just let me know. The podcast voicemail is in the podcast description. Uh, this will be a weekend pod. NFL season is upon us. Y- y'all know what I do at the gig. So I'm going to be moving around. There's a lot of traveling over the next three to five months. So this will be a weekend pod. So look for this pod every weekend. It's Labor Day, three-day weekend. So it's still technically the weekend. So even though it's a Monday, it's still a weekend. So I'm sneaking it in that way. Uh, but yeah, appreciate y'all listening. Subscribe and rate to the podcast. Five stars, nonetheless. Tell a friend. For the Sam D Podcast, I'm the Sam D. I'm out.